Welcome to the Wilson Fletcher Studio, a podcast compiling insights, interviews, and audio essays to help companies go from business as usual to the businesses of tomorrow. Hosted by me, Ella Bowman, Wilson Fletcher content strategist. Today's Future State Design episode explores how you can design for customers that don't exist yet without owning a crystal ball. Written by Wilson Fletcher founding partner, Mark Wilson. This series will, by now you know the shtick, help your business future-proof in a changing world. If you want to digest the Future State Design series in its original format, then visit medium.com forward slash the human layer to do so. Plus, enjoy a free downloadable deck that will help you run your own workshops to help you design your company's future state. And we mean free. We won't even ask for your email address. Not bad. Ready to maybe somewhat nearly look into the future? Let's start presently. How to Design for the Customers of Tomorrow by Mark Wilson When envisioning the future state of a company or a service, we're usually faced with the challenge of designing for a customer that doesn't exist yet. What do we mean by this? Well, they exist in the obvious sense, they're just not there yet. If in the 90s we'd surveyed people to see if they'd rent out their houses to strangers, they would have largely answered no. Their future selves with the launch of Airbnb seemed to have turned on a dime. Likewise, if we'd asked them if they'd routinely jump in a stranger's car after a night out, the answer also would have been no. Because of course none of us know what choices we'll make or behaviours we'll display in the future. So, how can we design for people that we can't talk to yet? It's an interesting problem, how to anticipate how a future customer might behave. It turns out that, for all meaningful purposes, we can get pretty close. Remember, Future state design is near future ambitious, not far future whimsical. Remember too that the biggest breakthroughs come when we enable a new behaviour on people, rather than when we simply meet a current need or fix a current pain point. The old way is to fix what we can see. Traditionally, a company would conduct research with today's customers to determine their current unanticipated needs. Whilst consumer centricity is still far from ubiquitous business behaviour, most companies conduct consumer research in some form or other, and for many operational purposes it's invaluable information. Any product team worth a damn should be speaking to customers every day. However, use this type of research as a basis for future state thinking and it will lead to an extremely constrained view of how a future customer will likely behave. In fact, it's so convincing to hear something in a customer's voice that it can lead to full-on blindness to disruptive threats and, equally, to where opportunities for something genuinely new might exist. It's worth remembering that most of the legendary disruption stories involve companies who are at the forefront of customer research, yet were still surprised when those customers flopped to something else. Why is it so limiting? Because in the same way as organisations carry their legacy behaviours with them, so do customers. That oft-quoted faster horse scenario is very much alive and well, where it's said that if Henry Ford canvassed people on whether or not he should build a motor car, they'd probably tell him what they really wanted was a faster horse. People, for the most part, naturally think of what would be better than they have today. Their expectations are defined by what they have. So we have to find ways to look beyond the better, faster, smarter, cheaper evolutionary mindset and envision the potential future mindset of a target customer. We can achieve this by exploiting a fascinating change in the way that people's expectations and attitudes are defined. Our expectations of one are defined by our experiences of many. 
It used to be that your expectations as a customer were defined by the standards of the sector or subject of the service you were using. It made perfect sense to evaluate the standard of one service against others like it, because we all access them in such discreet ways. We didn't compare a dry cleaners with a bookstore, or an accountant's with a physiotherapist, or travel insurance with a newspaper. Mentally, they were compartmentalised into distinct buckets defined by their function. Well, those divisions don't exist anymore. In the digital age, this compartmentalised behaviour has changed dramatically. Each new innovation or improvement that we experience as a customer sets a new bar for all of the services we use, not just those that are peers or competitors, because we access those services in progressively more consistent ways, via multiple apps on our phone, for example. Our earlier mental models of subject or purpose-based subdivisions are evaporating as our access to services converge on digital devices. The digital devices that we rely on for an enormous amount of everyday life now have led us to form one ever-evolving meta-expectation from all of our service experiences. Your expectations of a bank are now directly influenced by your experience of a ride-hailing company. We don't make a distinction between services in the way we used to. We judge everything by everything else, and our behaviours change constantly to reflect an overall standard of what is acceptable to us, like sharing personal data, or expected by us, like frictionless payments. Today's great experience is tomorrow's baseline expectation, and we can use that to help define what our future customer design target should be like by casting our research net wider to consider influences on behaviour more comprehensively and imaginatively. You have to take a break from the they'll never do that mindset. Exploring and articulating holistic experience influences with the individual in the centre of that holistic view is a powerful tool in future state design exercises. By demonstrating that what seems like a radical shift in behaviour in our future customer really is not, because that very behaviour is already very much adopted by them elsewhere, we can get much closer to their future state customer's mindset. Think of it this way. Over the next few years, what behaviours might become acceptable or commonplace that would open up entirely new ways for your company to service customers? The best way to figure that out is to cast your research net widely, from understanding what behaviours are driving the success of fast-growing startups, to speaking to people who are far outside of your usual domain. Look for the outliers. Take as your working assumption that if people are, say, already allowing a relatively unknown startup's algorithm to take money automatically from their bank account, then you might be able to leverage that behaviour too. It's basically collecting emerging patterns today to use as fuel for thinking about your own future. This approach establishes an entirely different frame of reference for how you might service customers and can unlock an enormous amount of inventive progressive thinking, even in people whose incoming attitude is, they'll never do that, or that'll never happen. Entrenched beliefs and rigid mindsets about what customers will accept quickly fall away when you construct that holistic, meta-expectation picture of the future state customer's mindset. Sector or product-based expectations are only relevant to short-term thinking. If you only look at today's competitors or speak to today's customers, you'll never achieve a real breakthrough. By conducting research into services that would be considered irrelevant commercially, but are highly relevant behaviourally, you can articulate a future state behavioural benchmark that helps everyone involved step out of current state, they'll never do that constraints, and into the what-if mindset that is so critical to any form of innovation. Build your view of tomorrow's customer on research, not hope.
Future state design should never rely on science fiction or fantasy. Its value lies in envisioning an achievable target vision of the future, not in pretending that anything can be done. Sometimes we need to push the envelope a little further, for example anticipating the use of a new technology that doesn't have a large-scale application yet. But that's rare. Usually we stand back from the future state experiences we capture in our work with clients, and we are all confident of achieving them without first inventing unobtainium. That applies to customers equally. Don't construct a fictional persona as a design target based on your hopes and dreams for what they might be. Do the research and build a view of the customer that your future state company will serve, based on rationale and sensible inferences. Infer, but don't imagine, their behaviour. The time to apply imagination and lateral thinking is in how you might exploit those characteristics. The aim is to liberate creative thinking by releasing some of the constraints of today. Breadth and diversity always get the best results. When we work with teams to envision the future state of their company, we always fuel the thinking process with insights from services and experiences beyond their own sectors. We watch long-held views on what's impossible, or will never be adopted by customers, fall away, and we see their creative brains switch on as they get excited about the opportunities presented by tomorrow's customer. So, Don't limit how you think about your future customer by what they can tell you today, whether in person or via data. They might be the same basic human as they are today, but they'll behave very differently in a few years' time, and you need to get your brain closer to that person than today's. Between now and then, their expectations of and attitudes towards your future state services will be the product of a diverse range of influences. Most of those will come from experiences far outside of your domain, So don't be afraid to look far and wide to build a picture of where they might end up. That thing you think they'll never do? We bet they're doing it right now. We hope you've been enjoying the Future State Design series so far. Next on the Wilson Fletcher Studio podcast, we'll be challenging current state analysis and showing you how to make it work for the future of your business. We'd love to hear from you, whether with questions, suggestions or insights of your own do please get in touch with us on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, or send us an email on hello at wilsonfletcher.com and make sure you subscribe to the podcast to keep abreast of our business design insights and more. Mark's article was produced by Jack Strachan and me, Ella Bowman. The podcast cover art was created by Lauren Coleman and we're grateful too to Disquantic for our theme tune.